In this episode, we'll be talking about big picture workforce planning and the intricacies of change management. Listen as we offer info to help you prepare, equip and support individuals to successfully adopt change in order to drive organisational success and outcomes. Our guest in episode 7 is Mumfaz Chaudhary, Chief Experience Officer and Co-Founder at Prejudice, a boutique change management firm launched back in 2006. Mumfaz and her team work closely with senior execs and their sponsors to learn more about the challenges that organizations are having with change and they develop effective strategies and tactics that lead to successful and sustainable outcomes. Through their people-first pragmatic approach, Pragilis has worked with organizations in a variety of industries including retail, finance services, machinery, mining, energy and higher education. Mumtaz, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Bill. So beyond my reintroduction there, Mumtaz, why don't you start by introducing yourself? Tell our listeners about your career background and your current role at Pragilis. So I'm the Chief Experience Officer and co-founder at Pragilis Solutions. And Pragilis is a boutique change management consulting firm that helps leaders welcome change so their organizations can succeed at change. I've been in this field for 15 years now and have worked with businesses across industries such as energy, machinery and mining, higher education, financial services, and now government. And our firm's focus is on the people side of change. So we help people adopt and become successful at managing change in their careers. Perfect. Thank you very much. I'd now love to focus a little bit on strategic workforce planning and, um, well, it it takes a very statistical approach to designing the perfect team and it's and it's based on business trends and analytics and and focusing on hiring the best qualified talent to compete for current and future tasks and, and the factors influencing change management perhaps are more nuanced than the overall strategic workforce planning piece Mumfaz, in, in your experience, how much how much stock must we place on relationships when leading change management efforts? So change management is all about relationships. If you don't build relationships with the stakeholders that are directly impacted by change, you're likely to fail. So working with talent across levels and departments in an organization is a crucial part of the change process and a large part of what I do. So engaging those people from the very beginning of the process helps to prevent resistance to change and the potential failure of the change program itself. So my work involves listening to understand key stakeholder needs and concerns to creatively discover the best solution to meet those needs. So it could be communication, it could be coaching, it could be training, whatever those those things are within the change management uh, discipline. And working with stakeholders and talent inside an organization is a process. It's something that evolves over time through ongoing dialogue and feedback. It's an agile, iterative process that requires rapid action to devise alternate plans. So one aspect of our firm's approach when it comes to stakeholders is design thinking, which involves empathizing with those stakeholders, with those employees, and taking that user-centered approach. So that's some of the factors um, that 
relationships have and the importance of relationships in change management. Yeah, and I, I, th I think, I mean, it's been a long time since you and I did an interview together, and that was on the HR chat show, little plug for that, listeners. Mm. Um, but I, I think at the time you, you mentioned that your company motto um, was, was something along the lines of putting putting the humanity into business. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, good memory. Yes, that's right. Putting humanity back into the change process is exactly what we do. What are, what are some of the biggest challenges that leaders face today when it comes to managing change and ensuring it sticks to the overall mm -hmm. business objectives? And of course, there, there's, a, there's a bit more context here, isn't there? And that's um, the world's a very different place now to what it was yeah. just over a year ago. Yeah, so number one uh, challenge, and this has certainly been accelerated by the past year with the pandemic, is change fatigue. So there's simply more and more change being introduced inside organization, inside organizations, and that change is happening faster than ever before. Number two is missing sponsors. Without active and visible sponsorship and leadership out front being the face of change, you'll see a disconnect between the business leaders and their project teams when it comes to actually implementing that change. And number three is ineffective communication. As a leader, you must communicate your desired outcome prior to launch to help people understand and buy into your vision. And you probably have to do that about a hundred times. I usually tell leaders, you have to keep saying that vision and keep talking about that vision ad nauseum because it's, it's so important. It doesn't always uh, resonate the first time that people hear it. So you have to repeat it several times in order to make it stick. So lots of companies, of course, have gone through huge upheaval and lots of changes uh, since Q1 of 2020. Um, what can happen to company culture if too much change happens in a, in a short space of time? Yeah, so there's both a positive and a negative side to that. If change is implemented successfully, even if it is too much change happening in a short amount of time, but if it's implemented successfully, it helps to build a change-capable culture, an agile and resilient organization. However, if change hasn't been implemented successfully, it can result in change fatigue and large-scale resistance. Successful change requires three things. An active and visible sponsor, as I mentioned before, communicating their desired outcome, ongoing dialogue and engagement with key stakeholders and enablement of your stated outcomes through skill building programs, coaching and performance support, changes to performance and reward systems. Another aspect is that leaders need to proactively manage their change agenda, prioritizing the change initiatives that the organization and its people pursue to help mitigate those risks of change fatigue we spoke about before. When you mismanage change, you risk the positive well-being of your employees and teams. That increases stress, exhaustion, fatigue. I mean, all of this is familiar to us with what's happened over the last year with the pandemic. And that results in lost energy, lost productivity, and at worst, the loss of valued employees. So COVID-19 has accelerated change fatigue in organizations this past year. To mitigate the risk of change fatigue, there are a few things that you can do. You can map your change efforts. So it's common to think that a high volume of large-scale change is what causes fatigue, but that's not always the case. Sometimes it's small ripples that cause the greatest toll. So rethink the timing of support and how you pace your different projects, especially within HR. 
build change capable leaders. So coach and empower your leaders to lead through change effectively, help them build trust and team cohesion, and then navigate the curve. We'll talk about you know, the concept of the change curve probably in the course of our conversation today, but the best approach to managing and reducing change fatigue is to focus on how employees experience change. It's kind of a what else question next for you. What 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 are, what are some other in addition to what you said so far? What 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 are, what are some other or maybe you want to reiterate because they're so important uh, top organizational change trends that you're seeing this year in 2021? And also, do you have any predictions for for 2022? Mm-hmm. For sure. So COVID-19 has been a watershed moment for the digital transformation of business. So this is the number one trend we're seeing in 2021. And I think this is going to be a trend that continues to persist beyond 2021. According to the World Economic Forum, digital transformation will lead the global economy post-COVID and investments in this area will total more than 7.4 billion over the next four years, according to a report from the IDC. So I think that's the number one trend we'll see in 2021 is digital transformation. Number two is hybrid work. So according to a new survey by KO Cloud, a real estate technology platform, more than 80% of companies will embrace a hybrid model, whereby employees will be in the office perhaps three days a week. So these workplaces are reimagining activities that benefit from in-person interaction, including collaboration on projects and employee onboarding to promote and preserve company culture and identity. So that's number two. And number three is employee mental health and wellness. 2021 will be the year where employer support for mental health, financial health, and even things that were previously seen as out of bounds, like sleep, will become table stakes uh, benefits offered to employees. Gartner research shows that 45% of well-being budget increases are being allocated to mental and emotional well-being programs. So I think these are going to be the top three trends for 2021, digital transformation, hybrid work, and employee mental health and wellness. And I see that those trends are going to persist for the years to follow as well. Okay, so it sounds like it's been a whirlwind and um, uh, watch this space for more to follow listeners. Um, over the course of the next couple of years as, as we, we realign with whatever the normal is now. Um, we are already coming towards the end of this this chat. Just a few more questions for you. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in recap, maybe you could offer one or two top tips on change management that you'd like to, to leave our listeners with today. Certainly. So one, I'd say develop a workforce agile culture. I've used the word agile a lot today. Help your employees adapt better to change, right? By implementing change more successfully, by adopting a framework and a standard practice, by enabling leaders and employees to anticipate and adapt to changes in the work environment. So work on building that workforce agile culture inside your organization. So that's number one. And the second tip I'll offer is to be proactive with the needs of your key stakeholders, your employees. Learn to adapt and respond quickly, to devise alternate plans based on feedback from your employees. Things like this transition to hybrid work, really you need to be paying attention to the needs and priorities and concerns of your employees as you're bringing them back into the office because that's what's gonna lead to your success is if it is employee-centered and led so those two tips is, is what I'd, I'd certainly offer and end with here. 
perfect. Thank you very much. And as we do look to wrap up today, Monfaz, uh, we always now like to ask our guests um, this this question. Um, so it's a big picture question, uh, but but uh, all of the answers are unique. For, from a culture and people processes perspective, what does a high performing company mean to you? Yeah. So to me, what separates high performing organizations from the rest is culture, what people do and how they do it. That's what determines an organization's performance. So again, focus on the people side, define the behavior changes and communicate them so everyone understands what they look like in practice for change. Address those underlying mindsets and barriers to change through coaching spotlight the mindsets and behaviors that align to your desired culture. So don't forget to recognize and reward those people that are demonstrating those desired behaviors. And for me, high performing organizations manage change well. They achieve results because they articulate how the change benefits the company and their people. So it's all about the people side. Okay. And how can listeners connect with you and learn more about all the awesome things that you get up to. Sure. So you can follow um, the company, my, uh, my company, Progelis, on LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, and you can also check out our website at Progelis.com. Awesome. Mumfaz, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me, Bill. This podcast is supported by Fidelo Inc., a consulting firm specializing in improving human performance. Through their products and services, Fidelo helps clients design, develop, and implement strategic integrated human resource processes and systems. Learn more at fidelo.com. That's F-I-D-E-L-L-O.com.